Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Good morning. Today is September the 20th, 2020. And I would call it an auspicious day, a day full of possibilities, laden with significance from many different events that happened over the last couple of days that will happen in the next few days. Now, first of all, I wish everybody a happy new year, sweet and full of health. And Mandala Day, the connection that stretches beyond time and space that brings together all of us, all of our hearts, all our common future and all our common past. Hearing the names of those who have walked this path before us and looking forward to those who will be walking the path with us as ordained members after tomorrow, all of this feels very auspicious to me. At the same time, it is also a day of recognizing those who have departed and quite a significant departure with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Comings and goings at the same time. Today is also Ohigan, where the day and night have equal weight where we have as much darkness as we have light. And not only on the Northern Hemisphere, but also on the Southern Hemisphere. So it is a good day to contemplate and to look at that balance between of what we might call the dark and what we might call the light which we might call what we agree with, which we might call what we disagree with. And Ohigan with the balance of gain and loss is a wonderful occasion to do that. Now, of course, since we have the Jewish New Year, it's again, letting go and turning to something that is new and that comes. It seems to be clear what we are looking at here, at a very dynamic way of existing in this world, of existing in this world, not only as practitioners, but also as human beings who come forth from the conditions under which we 
were brought into this world. On one hand, completely alone, cut off from the umbilical cord of our mothers and alone till the last breath. Yet we know we couldn't be here without our parents and we could not practice without the Sangha. We could not live in society without everybody who makes up that society. Now, Ohigan in Japan is a fairly big deal, especially in the spring. But of course, it occurs twice a year that we have the same length of daylight as we have the same length of night. And it is quite popular, especially in the Shin Buddhist tradition, to speak about Ohigan and what it means. And Shin Buddhism arrived in Japan before the Zen tradition came there. You know, in the sixth century, Buddhism came first from Korea uh, onto the Japanese islands. And after that arrival, more and more different flavors of Buddhism arrived. And in Shin Buddhism, there are seven ancestors that are uh, highly revered by the founder of Jap Japanese Shin Buddhism, uh, who's usually referred to as Shinran Shonin. And so the Shichikoso, the seven ancestors, include one by the name of Zenda Daichi. Zenda Daichi lived in the seventh century in China. And he told this wonderful story that I want to share with you today on this day of Ohigan, on this day of the new year, on this day of feeling the loss of somebody who was very important. And there, there's even a whole book about this story, or it has the same title by Taisetsu Uno, who is a scholar and a priest in uh, the Shin tradition. Mark Uno, uh, his son, some of you might also know. And the story is called the story it's, it's a simile, it's the story of the river of fire and water. Now let's see if we can even remotely connect to that story. So Ohigan literally means the other shore. So here we have this connection to the teaching of Buddhism with the other shore. Remember, gyate, gyate, hara, gyate, hara, so, gyate, biobodhi, sawaka. Over, over to the other shore, over to the pure land, in this case, of Amida Buddha. So this human being finds itself chased by demons and by vicious animals. And in order not to be consumed by them, they run away, they start walking, they start running faster and faster. And just of course, as it always goes, by the time one feels we're making some headway, the next obstacle appears right in front. 
and in this case, a river turning around, hearing the nearing noises made by the demons and made by those vicious animals that are after us. We turn to the river and realize it is a river of water and fire. But there, oh yes, yes, there is a tiny, tiny place with shallows where there's a very narrow path. We could go over to the other side. Yet as we get there, on the left side of that narrow path, there are enormous waves ready to swallow whoever sets foot into that shallow water. And on the other side of that shallow path are leaping flames, crackling, ready again to consume whoever enters the river. The human being stands there conflicted, but the swift arrival of the demons and of the already lip-smacking hungry animals helps to take that leap into the river, still conflicted. But just as the foot leaves the shore, the voice of Amida Buddha from above says, go, go. This is how the story goes. And so she steps into the river reluctantly, but just as the foot goes in the water, the flames retreat, the waves retreat, just enough to have one foot there. The next foot goes forward. The flames and the waves part. And behind where the foot used to be, they get together. And again, the same consuming nature of not being able to go back. And that way, this person makes their way to the other shore. In Shin Buddhism, this is the story of trusting the Dharma and there are many ways to do that. Going to the other shore, to the Buddha of light is not different from our practice of chanting Atta Deepa. You are the light. The voice of that Buddha of light is the recognition that we carry that light ourselves and that no matter what kind of river we may encounter that looks so terrible on the left and even worse on the right and behind us are these ferocious creatures and demons chasing us with trust in that light 
we can go through those shallows and not drown in a river of little doubt. Will I make it? I said today is an auspicious day, full of possibilities. One thing is sure, if that person had remained on the original shore, most certainly demons and vicious animals, ferocious creatures would have had a wonderful day. But leaping forward, stepping forward, led by Atadipa, not afraid of getting into things because, well, the foot is underwater right there. Flames and waves retreat. And the other shore will be reached as long as we don't drown in doubts, in little doubt. There's some great faith in here too that makes us go forward. And sometimes, maybe when we arrive on the other shore, we turn around and take a deep bow to those demons and ferocious creatures that have made us move. And not only rely on some divine intervention. Amida and the demons also both arise from the same source. So this is the story of the river of fire and water. Who doesn't feel chased by some kind of demons? Who isn't afraid of, oh my God, what might happen? What will happen? But that is the shore from which we have to depart. This is the shore that certainly will bring bounty to demons and to ferocious creatures. When we have some specific idea of how things should be and suddenly they change and our idea is at stake, is a wonderful point in this practice to take inventory and to see through the very way how human nature works. We might be afraid of those who are in power, acting against the principle that they profess to believe in. And we might wreck our brains and our hearts and ask, why, why is that so? And the answer is very easy, very simple, because they can. But we have to look at ourselves at the same time. Where do we fall ourselves into this? I am doing this because I can. Because I have the power. 
because I use the power that came to me. We overpower this world every day. Every day we consume food. And we can't help it. It is a question of being able to be here or perishing. That river is a river that we have to cross. But as human beings who engage in a practice like this, we always carefully look out that when we use the powers we have, that we use it in a way that is, first of all, awakened to what we are doing and fully aware that we may cause harm just for our own existence. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful that we don't start lambasting a more gross, what could be more gross and abuse of power than taking life? That we take a stance of yet exercising the same double standards that we criticize. In this practice, there is only one way that is different. That is the, the way of the Bodhisattva, the Bodhisattva vow that we follow, which first of all, of course, requires us to look deeply into how this human being that we call I functions. How from that building block of society, society takes its working. Everything starts with a human being. And then you have two, three, four, five. And systems come into existence through the actions of these beings. So the Bodhisattva path leads us to this investigation and it leads us to the development not only of the clear insight into what is happening, but also into the warmth of compassion with all human beings. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a judge who interpreted the written laws the written documents, the constitution, according to her clarity and to her openness of heart. Her departure doesn't mean that we have to turn into justices who now start judging from laws that we have to investigate and really see through before we can make any judgment. Or that actually leads us to the point that judgment here is completely superfluous. Let's think back to Shakyamuni Buddha. Shakyamuni Buddha and the Raja of Kalinga 
the Raja said, holy man, I will have you executed. Will you be angry at me? And Shakyamuni said, my mind and heart are calm. I will not hate you. And even if you have my limbs torn off, I will be made whole again. The body of the Buddha, each of us, the body of the Buddha. By no means does this mean we should not stand up and manifest ourselves in an awakened way to stand for what we care for. Or to say it in the words of RBG herself, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. The best acknowledgement of a life lived like that is not to fall into the trap of just hating, reviling, despising. Yes, there are actions that we can call despicable, that we can call unawakened. But let's not call the other human beings these words. They too one day will awaken. And it is incumbent on us to lead the path to go there. Let us fight for what we care about. Let us fight with care and always with the smile that the Buddha had on his face after awakening to this truth of our common humanity. It is an auspicious day today. And we are the potential. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.